Welcome to the Perfume Making Podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about top, middle and base notes in perfumery, what they are, how they work and demystifying how a fragrance is created generally. So I always get a lot of questions about these terms, top, mid and base notes, as they cause a lot of confusion in, especially in modern perfumery, I'd say. It was much simpler in the old days when perfumes were created in a classic pyramid structure. That pyramid diagram that you often see on scent notes and on websites and in marketing copy for most of the fragrance houses. In the old days, vintage fragrances were created in this sort of pyramid style and they weren't really used using the vast quantities. They were still a mixture of naturals and synthetics, but they weren't created in the same way using the vast quantities of some of the more linear aroma chemicals that they do today. So I will talk more about that in future episodes. But in today's episode, I'm just going to demystify that a little bit. And if you do want to learn more, then think about coming along to a live in-person class with me, or you can always join my online Artisan Perfumery Mastermind. So I will put a link to those programs and my website in the show notes. Um, The Artisan Perfumery Mastermind also uh, includes a Facebook group, so you can ask me any questions whenever you want. And I do regular live Q&As too. So going back to top, middle and base notes, I do think that often the confusion around this arises because when the fragrance industry talks about top, middle and base notes in a perfume, nowadays they're often not referring to volatility. So volatility means how quickly something will evaporate. So if we dip a smelling strip in something like bergamot oil, it will evaporate quite quickly and we will say that is quite volatile it disappears quite quickly. And so therefore we would call it a top note. If, for example, we dip some sandalwood and it lasted for days, that would be not very volatile at all. Obviously, it's still going to evaporate off of the strip, but it might last days and days and days before it disappears. So that's what we mean by volatility. So one of the, that is kind of how we think about top, middle and base notes sometimes, but the fragrance industry, when they talk about top, middle and base notes are not usually, sometimes they are, but but often they are not referring to that. What they are talking about instead is how we're going to perceive a perfume, like a finished fragrance, when we spray it on our skin or on a smelling strip or when we spray it into the air. So anyone who is used to dabbling with perfume materials or even essential oils in aromatherapy, you guys are going to be thinking about the evaporation rate or the volatility of each of the materials, but that's not what we are thinking about when we talk about top, middle and base notes in terms of a finished fragrance, especially not when we read it on fragrance notes or scent notes when we're seeing a perfume described online. So often what happens is we look at these scent notes and we see something like vanilla listed as a top note in a perfume. And that might seem a bit weird because we think, well, actually, vanilla lasts a long time. So that is actually a base note, right? So why are they listing it as a top note? So let's cover that a little bit. Let's demystify that. So the most simple way of describing top, middle and base notes in a fragrance 
is this. So the top notes of a fragrance are those that you notice first when you spray on a perfume. So traditionally, but not always, they are materials with the most volatility. So the highest level of volatility, which means that they disappear the most quickly. So in terms of materials, what we're talking about are things like the citrus notes. So materials that are generally classified as top notes can be citruses, they could be spices, some florals as well. So things like bergamot, lemon, grapefruit, orange, as well as some of the herbal notes such as lavender and neroli, for example, some of the florals. uh, Neroli is a floral note, but it's it's very quite volatile. So that is a top note as well. And some of the spice notes as well, things like coriander, black pepper, etc. So your middle notes are those that are still smelled after several hours on a smelling strip. And they're generally considered the heart of the fragrance. So sometimes they are called the heart notes. And they are the ones that are apparent after the more volatile, so the top notes have disappeared. So often when you see lists of materials categorized into top, middle and base notes, the mid notes you will find are generally the florals. So things like your rose, your geranium, your elang-elang, your jasmine. Again, you can have other materials in there as well. So there are some more longer lasting spice notes. There are some a lot more longer lasting herbal notes as well. So sometimes some variations of lavender um, would be a mid note. So when we're thinking about lavender in the top, it's a high altitude lavender that evaporates more quickly. Um, I would personally classify that as a top note, whereas a traditional Bulgarian lavender or one of the, you know, the the kind of more full bodied lavenders would be more of a mid note. And then the base notes are the materials that are smelled in what is called the dry down of the fragrance. So the dry down is another term for the base of a fragrance. And that is what is left on skin when everything else has disappeared. So they are the least volatile of the materials and they're going to linger when everything else is gone. And those notes tend to be the heavier resins, the balsams. So things like olibanum, frankincense, you know, the balsamic notes like tolu balsam, peru balsam, um, benzoin and woods such as sandalwood, for example, cedarwood atlas. And then you've got, you know, vanilla. So we're talking about the naturals here, but obviously they would also include things like your musk notes, your aroma chemicals that last a long, long time. And they also help to fix the fragrance on the skin as well. So usually, as I said before, these descriptions are used alongside a pyramid diagram, which as an illustration, I think it can be a bit misleading and it gives us the impression that we smell perfume in a particular way that that is not really how it is in reality. We don't smell perfume in this kind of like pyramid way. So it gives the impression that each material lifts off in a sequence from top through to base, but that is not really how we smell perfume. That's not how it happens. So we don't just like smell a perfume and oh, oh, it's all the top notes. That's all we can smell. And then they disappear. And then, oh, yep, it's all the mid notes. And then they 
they disappear and then, oh, it's all the base notes. So the use of a fragrance pyramid is really useful. Well, it's handy as a marketing tool to have a nice, fancy illustration and graphic that you can use to help sell your perfumes. But it's not really particularly helpful for students of perfumery. And it's actually not really designed for you people learning how to to make a perfume. And that's why it causes a lot of confusion. So a perfume pyramid is keep in mind that it's used for marketing and selling a perfume, but it is not there to help you deconstruct how the perfume is made or even what is in the perfume. So you see things pop up on perfume pyramids that are not even in the perfume. So just because it says it on the notes, it doesn't mean that there is any of that material in there. Often it's the perfumer painting an olfactory impression, a picture or a sense of that note, but it doesn't mean that that material's in there. I'll go into that in another episode because that's a whole thing in itself. So in reality, what you're going to be smelling when you smell a perfume is when you first spray it on, you'll be smelling mostly the top notes because they will be the things that you know, lift off and they're the things that are really kind of punchy and they're the first things that you'll come into contact with when you smell the perfume. But you're also going to be smelling the whole composition, right? So you're also going to be smelling some of the mid notes in there, the character, the heart of a fragrance that will also come through as well. And you'll also potentially get a bit of the base notes as well at the start of the fragrance. So if it's a well composed fragrance, you're not going to smell it in chunks. You're going to smell the whole composition, but the top notes will be the strongest because those are the things that lift off first. So then over time, as the top notes sort of dissipate, you're going to smell more of the mid and base together. And you might still smell a little bit of the top, but it will be very, very light and in the background. And then finally, after a, a, a longer period of time, really what you're going to notice on skin especially is, is the base um, or the dry down of the scent after everything else has disappeared. So when we are categorizing materials as top, middle and base notes, on the other hand, so we're talking here, the first bit is talking about how we perceive fragrance and how we perceive top, middle and base notes in a finished perfume. So what we also do is we categorize materials themselves, individual materials as either top, mid or base notes. So when you're doing that, there has to be a degree of flexibility, um, especially with the variation in natural materials. So what I would suggest in this kind of pyramid structure, if you like, I would treat it as a loose guide rather than a rigid structure. The way that a fragrance behaves or the way that fragrance materials behave in a full composition is also going to vary slightly to how they act alone. So the way that, for example, grapefruit smells and behaves when it's on its own on a smelling strip or bergamot or lime, for example, is going to vary once it's blended with other things. So what happens is you have a blend of, of materials together. And so say you've got a mix of top notes, mid notes and base notes. What in reality is going to happen is that the mid notes and the base notes are going to slow down the evaporation of the top, but actually the top notes and the mid notes are going to speed up the evaporation of the base. So think about when you're composing a perfume there, everything is interacting with each other. And so 
it's really hard to know how things are going to, you know, there are so many variations of so many different permutations of materials that you could be putting in your fragrance. Also, when we think about naturals only, you're going to have different batches of your material. So for example, let's take lavender as a really good example. You're going to have one different types of lavender. So you might have a high altitude lavender, you might have a Bulgarian lavender, and you might have a lavender absolute. Now, yes, they're all lavender and potentially, you know, they're all going to smell reasonably similar, although, you know, they're going to have very different nuances depending on where they're from, the time of year, the climate, you know, every single batch even of, say, for example, high altitude lavender from the same supplier is going to smell slightly different, but it's going to vary so much that there is going to have to be, there's a little bit of flexibility as to to whether you would categorize different things as a top amid a base note. So keep in mind, so when, and it's really hard to do this on audio, it's easier to do it. Imagine, if you will, (laughs) a triangle on a piece of paper with three, with two lines. So you've got a pyramid and you've got a line that separates the top from the mid, and then you've got another line which separates the mid from the base. Where you put each of those materials in that on that diagram is all relative quite honestly to all of the other materials in the fragrance so and also it's also dependent on where you decide to draw the line so the reason that i mention this is because sometimes you will see in books or online a particular material is categorized as say a top note in some books and others it might be categorized as a mid note and in reality there is a variation down like a gradient, if you like. So for example, let's go back to lavender. Um, When I teach my in-person classes, natural perfumery classes, I put the lavender absolute in the base notes because we've got very few base notes available in naturals that are not these heavy, woody, resiny, vanilla-y things. So I kind of treat it as a base note because often in relation to all of the other materials that will go into a particular fragrance that someone is making in that class, it's probably going to sit at the base of most of those. Whereas if it was in um, a composition with lots of heavy resins and balsams, actually it might act in reality more like a mid note, if that makes sense. So it kind of depends. So in the case of Lavender Absolute, for example, it could be considered a mid note, it could be considered a base note, but in reality, there are degrees, there's this gradient. So it would probably, I would suggest, be considered at the bottom of the mid notes and maybe at the top of the base note. So really it depends on where you draw the line. So the reason I say that is because I don't want you to get fixed in a sort of a dogmatic way of thinking about this because it's all relative at the end of the day. You could have a combination of materials specifically, and we're talking about natural perfumes here because I'll talk about um, mixed media in a second, but if you are thinking about creating just with naturals, you do have to take into consideration this balance of top, mid and base because you want this balance of lift in the top. You want some heart and character and you want some longevity too. But whether you classify something as a mid or and a base, for example, is going to be dependent on what else is in there. 
Let's move on just for a moment to commercial perfumery. So when I talk about commercial perfumery, it's the kinds of fragrances made by the big brands out there. Now, when we look at indie brands, niche, some niche brands, artisan perfumery brands, they tend to have a, a, a kind of more even mix, I would say. And this is, again, there's always going to be someone who says, well, actually, that's, you know, not the case always. And yeah, caveat, I'm really generalizing here. But for the most part, what I've seen is if someone uses naturals and synthetics in their fragrance and they are a non-commercial brand, if you like, it tends to be a bigger chunk of naturals and a lesser chunk of synthetics than you would normally find in a mainstream commercial perfume brand. So the way that I'm the brand, the kind of perfume brands I'm talking about commercial is, you know, the ones that you find in boots and Superdrug in big department stores, maybe celebrity endorsed perfumes, the, you know, the big fragrance houses. So the way that they're created now tend to be a lot more linear in structure. I'll talk about linear fragrances in another episode, but often the way that they're constructed. So people who are in my courses will, you know, we delve into this a lot more in the Artisan Perfumery Mastermind and we've got a whole masterclass on it. But what they tend to be is they tend to be created in a very different way to this traditional pyramid structure. So you will find fragrances that are created with a very few, like a base accord, if you like, of a very few low impact aromachemicals. So materials that when blended together don't smell of very much at all, but they create this kind of linear base. And then on top of that, the character of the fragrance is often overdoses or very high amounts of very high impact materials. So they could be a blend of naturals and synthetics, but often they include things like your mangoes, your peaches, pineapples, vanillas, like really, really high impact materials. So this is this comes back to when we were talking about a perfume pyramid with vanilla being in the top. It tends to be because the fragrances are created in this more linear way. And so actually what you are finding is that it's not about the volatility of the materials it's a whole different thing altogether. So you have got this fragrance that the whole character of it is is really in the top and it's this high impact character. So really, I'm just adding this in here is because it makes the idea of a fragrance pyramid slightly redundant. So I do think that we need to look at alternative ways of illustrating fragrance compositions. So let's carry on a little bit. Let's talk a little bit more about top, middle and base notes in commercial fragrances, because the other thing that you need to take into consideration is that some aroma chemicals. So if you're using a blend of naturals and synthetics, naturals move and they, you know, they move and change in a blend. So when you are using just naturals, you're going to have a fragrance that moves through top, middle and base quite rapidly in a lot of cases, and you will have a noticeable change in character. Whereas if you add quite a lot of synthetics or aroma chemicals into the mix, they tend not to fit in to the general categorization of top, middle and base. You will see some materials that, that are categorized in this way. So they sometimes perform more in the top and they disappear. So for example, cis-3-hexanol is a material that smells of cut grass. It's an aroma chemical. It's very high impact, but it doesn't last very long. It's very volatile and it doesn't last very long on a smelling strip. So that would be 
considered to be a top note and that would sit in the general way that we would categorize a top note. But there are some materials, so things like hedione, for example, that behave, you know, less as a top, a mid or a bass, but they kind of travel all the way through and create different effects. So often I get students come to me and say, I'm a bit confused. Where does this material fit? So just keep an open mind and know that not all materials will fit in this traditional kind of categorization, this pyramid structure that we see a lot on scent marketing. So that is just a brief overview of top, middle and base notes, what they are and how they're used in a fragrance. Obviously, I go much deeper into that in my courses. So if you want to learn more, I will link my website in the show notes. I've got loads more blog posts if you prefer to read. I've got lots of blog posts about this kind of thing as well and how to construct fragrances. So hopefully that helps and hopefully that has demystified it a little bit for you and inspired you to get started with making your own perfume. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. <music>